At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Coast to coast here, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. News and notes as we get the second hour here started, Mr. Lombardi. M. Lombardi NFL on Twitter. You can find us at VEASAN Live on Twitter. And we're going to have Ben Lieber joining us. He played for the Vikings. He broadcasts for the Vikings. We've got plenty to do on the Vikings, who seem to have a little bit of juice as we head into the new 2022 season with a new head coach there. Now, Ian Rappaport reports that there's no clear trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm just going to start here because you've been reporting this, but it sounds like they're going to hold on to him as long as possible. Is that fair? Well, I think they want to hold on for the conditions, right? I think they need to be able to say, hey, if something happens, you know, here, here's Jimmy. We own his rights. you got to come through us. They've been trying to make a trade now for a while. They have been trying, and it started way back after this when they knew they were going to Trey Lance. I think it'll prove fruitful because I think most teams have said, hey, look, we're not going to trade for him. We know you're going to have to cut him. Okay. Now, I know you talked about this with the boys uh, this morning, but you and I broke the news on the Lombardi line yesterday, and that is Mary Kay Cabot reported that Kareem Hunt wanted to be traded, and then the Browns came out, Michael, and said, you're not going to be traded. So what's the yeah. update on this situation? Well, I mean, like I said on the, on, on Follow the Money with the guys, I said, look, you know, if you're the Browns and, you know, you're built around a two-back system with Nick Chubb, who's you want to kind of get his carries to where it was, uh, 212, 215 carries. You need another back. Last year, they didn't get enough out of Kareem Honey. He only played in eight games. You know, it was limited, but he's so good in the passing game. 
and yards per attempt. And I think that because of those two areas, you, you need a dual system. Now, here's the big issue is if you're if you are Andrew Barry and you know you don't want to sign this guy to an extension for next year, do you trade him for more value than you think you can get if he plays? That's the question. If he plays and gets 1,400 yards and he becomes a free agent, do I franchise him? I don't know. Right. Do I let him go in the market? Do I get a compensatory? I don't know. So you got to weigh all those things. This isn't as easy as, okay, we're, I, I, he's not going to be on the team. That's the market right now everybody's exploring. Ron Wolf did this, and I said this on the show. Ron Wolf traded Fred Vincent, a corner that he drafted out of Vanderbilt in the third round, second round, to Seattle for Ahmad Green. Both players didn't really get off to good starts in either one of their venues. Both of them kind of looked, were in the getting the last year of the contract. Ron ended up getting the better player. Ahmad Green came in and played really well for the Packers. So he, you know you're not going to sign a guy. Do you keep him on the team? And smart general managers are looking at that list like, okay, we're going to spend all this time on this guy. Does he make us better this year? Yes. Is it worth – do we have another player that could play? Maybe. You have to consider all those factors. And I don't think the Browns are willing to do that with Kareem Hunt. I think they want to keep him. And I do think they'll probably try to get him at some point signed. I think once he starts to take part in drills, maybe they'll get him signed. You know, it's interesting, too, because Cleveland, you know, I've heard people say they've got enough depth to deal with losing Hunt. But as you said yesterday, that's a pretty special player. And he's a more established back than, you know, Dernish Johnson, whoever you want to put in there on his level. Like, this would be a loss for the Browns outside of Chubb and their depth. Oh, I mean, look, it's a great one-two punch with Chubb and Hunt. I mean, both guys are big. They're physical. Johnson's a good pass-receiving guy. But, I mean, those two guys are interchangeable. And they can really feed off of one another. And when you get into the fourth quarter and Hunt's healthy and fresh and Chubb's healthy and fresh, hard to tackle guys then. You'd all of a sudden, you start running the football more effectively because guys are tired. You know, and the other thing I've said this all along, forget about playing 17 games. How many plays are you going to play? Like, how many plays do you want to play? And if you want to keep Nick Chubb healthy and ready to go in December and January for the playoff run, you need Kareem Hunt. The problem is you don't want to have to pay both of them all the money. They may have to. Yep. There's constant drama with the Browns. And I, I don't have a specific – Michael, I don't have a specific update for you, but there is no specific deadline on the Watson decision. But – I know the NFL wants it to be expedited with Peter Harvey taking over as far as the appeal. I don't know if you've heard anything. There is no deadline, but they want to get this done. Oh, they're going to – I mean, he's going to – I think what his – first of all, there's no new evidence coming in. So what he's got to do right. is look at the case, read the case, read the report, see what precedent is involved. You know, it isn't like the Players Association presents their arguments and then the, the NFL presents their arguments. He's in a he's in, a, in an office, closed door, thing, and then when he decides to write this up, he's going to write it up. I would suspect it will happen before the end of this week. Anything to the illegal contact follows. Those that don't know, the NFL constantly is tweaking their rules. No yeah, league always. does it more than the NFL. I mean, and it's really, it's part of the reason they've stayed on top of everything. But the, the NFL has asked its on-field officials to pay particular attention to illegal contact fouls during the 2022 season. What does that mean to you? I don't know what it means. Is it, does it mean if a receiver's running and a defensive back brushes him after five yards, is that illegal contact? Like, I get this if you're running down the seam. 
right? The seam, Dean's the seam, right? If you're running down the seam <laughs> and after five yards, somebody chucks you out of the way, tries to widen your width, that's illegal contact. Or, you know, a receiver coming across the field, you know, and you all of a sudden you hit them. I mean, to me, I don't know why you need to reinforce that. Is what are they trying to nitpick, take away from? Was it the, you know, the brushing, the incidental contact down the field? I don't know. I mean, illegal contact's illegal contact, right, Patrick? I mean, either you did uh, it or you didn't. So. Yeah. I mean, I if they're going to start so. going nebulous on illegal contact, where you know what I what I visualize happening is if a guy's running a nine route and the defensive back they kind of glance shoulder pads, is that illegal contact? No. I mean, if he jams them past there, yes, it is. Okay, so we have Michael Lombardi, you've got Adam Schefter, you've got Ian Rappaport, and of course you have Jimmy Burrow. That's Joe Burrow's dad, and he said his son is going to be out longer than expected. It's been nearly two weeks since Burrow had his appendix removed. You never had an appendectomy, did you? I had no, one. No. Ridiculous. Like the pain before you get it done is wild. And the recovery does take a little bit longer than you would think. His dad went on a podcast and said it seems like he's getting better every day. He'll be here in a few weeks. The Bengals and Burrow, obviously Super Bowl last year with the loss. But is this something that concerns you with him not being out there? No. Uh, no, not at all, because we know once he gets past it, it'll be fine. And, and the kid's so good at understanding what he needs to do and prepare, and he has competitive stamina. I mean, he's a mature. We talked about Zach Wilson earlier in a segment. This kid's really mature. He understands what yeah. it's going to take. And I'm not saying Zach Wilson's not mature. What I see with Zach Wilson is the inability to focus and concentrate over the marathon of the season. That, that's what gets a lot of guys. You know, we've talked about this all the time. And, you know, in the Navy SEALs program, it, it isn't because guys can't do the push-ups or the sit-ups. It's because they can't do it every single day, right? The volume of work gets to them. Volume of work gets to quarterbacks. It becomes a real struggle. I think that's where Zach Wilson is. It's hard for him to focus and concentrate because every game is hard. Like, there's no easy games on the schedule. I don't care who you're playing. Okay, we're going to transition to the Vikings. I mentioned there's juice right now in the market for the Vikings. Ben Lieber also is going to join us. Before we do, as we finish up the news and notes, you got two preseason games coming up on Thursday. I'm just going to go through the numbers quickly, and I want you to give your blush reaction. Okay, so the Giants at New England, this number open right around two, Michael, with New England laying it. You're between one and two. DraftKings is at one. You know, uh, BetMGM's at two. So New England laying one to two right now with the Giants. Well, I think the Giants are going to play some of their guys. I really do. I think they have to. I mean, by the way they've handled training camp, just by reading through the tea leaves, I think they're going to play their guys. Now, will New England? I mean, last year New England did. New England got their team ready to go. Belichick played his guys in the preseason. At next, but, but, but also, so we understand this is important in betting. The Patriots will be hosting the Panthers at practice next week. So Belichick may take the approach of, okay, I'm going to play the young guys in this first preseason game, and next week on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Panthers, you guys are going to play. You guys are going to practice. I want my first team against their – I want to really gear it up there. And if he does that, then I take the Giants in the points, and I think that's what he'll do. Okay. Perfect. The game starting about a half hour, 30 minutes after that one coming up on Thursday. That's Tennessee at Baltimore. We've gone on on this network at nauseum about John Harbaugh and Baltimore in the preseason. Baltimore open four. No surprise. They've been bet up to five at most shops. 
Yeah, I mean, look, Justin Tucker just redid his contract. I, I think, you know, got a huge contract, well-deserved. I mean, he is the Mariano Rivera of, of kickers. He closes it out. Uh, you know, Tennessee, to me, because of their lack of depth at quarterback, I think you got to favor Baltimore. Hundley has played. I don't think Lamar's going to play in this game. So I think Baltimore will be more organized offensively. The problem with Baltimore is they're going to play in their offensive linemen. They've got the two, the right tackle, Moses is over 30. The right guard, Zyder's over 30. You know, Ronnie Stanley's still on PUP. It could get ugly. I mean, it could be one of those ugly kind of games where the ball's getting turned over. I mean, Malik Willis will come in and run around and make a few plays, but I, I don't know how much Tennessee is going to want to play their starters. Their depth is a little bit of a concern as well. And finally, after we freaked out over the weekend, apparently on, was it Saturday or Sunday, Stafford was just airing it out at Rams camp. So we yeah, but about... I think, you know, I think this though, Patrick, I think, you know, when you have, to, when you have that pain, you can throw it, but maybe, maybe you can't really do it again. It creeps back up again. Right. Sure. So lingers. I think yeah. you have, it lingers. It, there's something wrong and, and to me. I would still be concerned. I know Sean McVay said he slept better this weekend after watching him throw it. Uh, no, I think you're right. Smoke, fire. He'll be 35 in February. If there's one person that will play through injuries in the NFL, he has to be at the top of your list. But no this is an elbow on his throwing arm. That is, that's significant, Michael. No doubt. No doubt. It is. And it's a concern. Okay. When we come back, the Vikings. So I've been waiting all morning to talk about this team. There seems to be some juice with an offensive head coach there with Kirk Cousins, although not necessarily as far as the GM, overwhelming support of Cousins leading into the season. We'll discuss the season win totals, the numbers on the Vikings, and then Ben Lieber, who covers the Vikings, is going to join us right here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the college football guide is out. We keep telling you for good reason. Remember, there's only one way to get access to this year's college football betting guide and that is to become a VSEN all access subscriber. You get everything we offer. 175 bucks right now, you're going to receive the College Football Betting Guide, Pro Football Betting Guides, and you get full access to everything we offer. That's exclusive content from Michael Lombardi. That, of course, is Point Spread Weekly every Wednesday. If you don't want to spend the 175 right now, which is discounted, you can go 40 bucks a month and see what we have to offer. It's pretty simple. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe. vcin.com slash subscribe. You will not be sorry as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. So, the question's coming off an eight-win campaign and moving on from Mike Zimmer. Would the new general manager, would the new coach, would they reset? Not really, Michael. If you think about what the Vikings did in the offseason, they largely kept the roster intact with some kind of complementary pieces. Mm -hmm. They are going to switch to that 3-4 defense. You can explain a little bit more with Ed Donatel. But they've got studs on defense. They obviously, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, They've got studs on offense. Let's start with an overview, your outlook on the Vikings here. Well, you know, we talked about the Jets and how bad they were statistically on both sides of the ball. Last year, Minnesota was statistically bad defensively, but, man, they were really good offensively. And Kirk Cousins, for whatever you want to talk about with Kirk Cousins, he played outstanding. I mean, he was very good. And, and the ability of their team to move the football and to do the things that they did offensively 
with the fact that they were being run by a team, you know, with a defensive head coach was is a little bit surprising. The offensive line improved through the year, and I think it'll continue to have to show improvement. They didn't get much out of Darrymore, the left tackle, who they were counting on when they drafted him in the first round out of Virginia Tech, so they need to get more out of him. But this was a very good offense that protected the football really well. They were able to score. They could get points. I mean, they were 14th in the league in points scored, and they could they could – they could really throw it when they had to. I mean, they were good. He protected the ball really well in interceptions, and he threw touchdown passes. They've got to get better running the football, and they've got to be able to get better on defense. And I think that's where it all starts, and that's why Donatel's in there. I mean, that's really what happened. Two areas where Minnesota was really bad. They were really bad on third-down offense, which is surprising for as well as they threw the football. Yet they were really good in the red zone. And as bad as they were on defense, they were really good on third down on defense because that's Zimmer's specialty. So they need to clean some things up, but they're not as far away in terms of cleaning that up as you might think. Like, they're good now. They could go from good to a little bit better. Okay, this is a team that's important. Again, a little lesson here. BetMGM has the Vikings set at 9.5, and and then I go over to DraftKings. They've got them set at 9, a little juiced, $1.20 to the over. So if you do like the Vikings over this year, go open up an account at DraftKings. If you like them under, it's pretty simple. BetMGM has your best number at 9.5. The offensive line has to improve. I mean, if you're looking at the offense, I would focus on the offensive line. And is that, is right. that in the cards this year and this season for the Vikings? Yeah, no, you know, and, and just researching for today, you know, the Bradbury, the kid they drafted in the first round in 2019, they're talking about replacing him. That's a concern. Irv Smith is more of a receiver than a true tight end. He has been injured. But, look, they've got Cousins. They've got Jefferson. Thielen should be healthy this year. They say Osborne will be the third receiver. They've got some good. I thought Alexander Madison, the backup running back to Cook, is really good. I think he's a good player, too. A great two, one-two combination. You know, I, I, and they have – you know, they have everything you need if they get that offensive line. The key is, can they play better defense? You know, they signed Zadarius Smith to replace Everson Griffith, who kind of had some mental issues last season in terms of what, his behavior. They, they hopefully, hopefully will get Daniel Hunter back. They really haven't had him in two years, and that'll be a huge get if they can do that. So, to me, they're a little long in the tooth on defense, but I think Donatel will like that because what he'll do is try to disguise coverage, be a little bit more uh, of the Vic Fangio school than he will be the Mike Zimmer school. But your point is well taken. So, there are questions, but just on paper, Hunter one edge, Michael, Smith the other edge, and Kendrick's in the middle? That's a pretty good start with the front. And then yeah. the issue last year was the back end even right. more. I mean, they've got to be able to cover. I mean, Patrick Peterson's on the downside of his career. He's not once he's not the player that he once was. And 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 Sullivan, the the nickel corner who was in Green Bay. Remember, this was the nickel corner that everybody attacked when he was in Green Bay. Cameron Dantzler was a big corner that they kind of liked. I thought he would be a good player. We'll see if he'll make a jump this year. We'll see if he could do that. They drafted the signed kid from, you know, in the first round to play free safety to go with Harrison Smith. They've got veteran guys, you know. One of the things I think that's really hurt them a little bit is, is their inconsistency defensively in terms of their speed and their athleticism, and I think they've tried to improve that. Jordan Hicks is a kid they signed from the, the, the Cardinals who played well last year. We'll see if he can come in. The key, though, is up front. They've got to play better up front. They have to. And I think that's going to be the biggest concern. 
I mean, should be able to take advantage, advantage, pardon me, of the division. Uh, again, you expect the Packers, and I'll give you the numbers here, but you expect the Packers, of course, uh, are the favorites. But this is a team, you know, minus 190 on the Packers over at DraftKings, and then the Vikings are your second betting favorite, a plus 265. That's a nice little price with the Lions at 10 to 1, the Bears at 14 to 1. This is a division they should be able to take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, look, they were in a lot of games last year. They were really close. I mean, they had the Rams. They, you know, the Rams game, they were close. They lost to Detroit. Remember that game? You know, they lose yes. to Detroit. You know, I mean, they lose to Baltimore in overtime. That was another heartbreaker. You know, the Dallas game, you know, they had Dallas. They were playing Dallas really well, but they couldn't close that game out. I mean, they gave up 400 yards to Dallas defensively. I mean, Baltimore was 500 yards. I mean, Baltimore had 253 offense, 247 run and pass. I mean, that was incredible. They got to get better on defense, and that's why Donatel's there. If they get a little better on defense with their improvement in the offensive line and Cousins plays the same and doesn't turn the ball over, They've got a chance to win 10 games. Will they be a legitimate go-through-the-playoff team? I don't know about that. The Cousins slander is hilarious because I'm thinking, was it two seasons ago or three seasons ago, he went to the Superdome and outplayed Drew Brees when Drew Brees still had an arm. Remember that throw to Thielen where he cut the defenders? Like This was a guy that has performed in the postseason. Um, his splits as far as playing during the day and at night in primetime, something we've talked about on a betting network ad nauseum, for good reason. And then he went to San Francisco and it's not like he was the one that just laid an egg. I mean, the, the Vikings played terribly in that postseason game against San Francisco. So again, it's not like he's had success and the numbers are there. I mean, look, they had eight, you know, of their wins last year, they had eight wins. Okay. They had eight total wins and cousins led them on four game winning drives. That's pretty good. Hmm. I mean, look, I mean, I get mad at Cousins, too. Sometimes I don't think he stands in there. Sometimes I think he lets the rush, rush affect him, you know. But he is a really good player. He protects the football. He makes all the throws. He really does. And Cook is a good player. Madison, that's a great one-two combination. I mean, this isn't a team that if you're getting ready to play them during the week, you're saying, oh, this is a pushover. No, they're not. They're a hard team to play. And defensively, with Donatel's scheme, which is from the Fangio, they're, they're different. You know, where, where Mike was always tough was on third down, proof by as bad as they were on first and second down, they were still fourth in the league on third down defense last year. There's not a huge look from that Shanahan tree, so I don't know. I'm kind of asking you a question that doesn't have an answer right now, but expectations from O'Connell and the offense that would differ from last year? You know, yeah, I think a lot will. I mean, it's still West Coast general, so it's still West Coast. O'Connell, McVeigh, O'Connell, Washington, it's all kind of West Coast, so the terminology wouldn't be hard. Uh, and the run game should stay the same. I mean, I think they're going to run the outside zone. Why wouldn't you do what Cook does well, right? Aren't you going to do what Cook does the best thing? So I, I think that's ultimately what they'll do. And, again, it comes down to health. Like, Dalvin Cook stays healthy it feels like a playoff team because he's such a security blanket as well. He's also somebody you can swing the ball out to as well. Yeah, no doubt. He, and, and look, they've got skill. Jefferson's only going to get better. Thielen was hurt a lot last year. You know, the, the key is can they hold up in the offensive line? They've got to get better there. And that's one of the things I think if you talk to Rick Spielman, who was the general manager there for a lot of years, that was the one area they didn't fix. And they let the defensive line slip away too. You know, Hunter's been hurt for two years. That's really been – he's one of the – they paid him a lot of money and he hasn't been on the field. It's like McCaffrey down in Carolina. You pay a lot of money, you don't get the guy. 4,200 yards over at DraftKings on Kirk Cousins' regular season passing yard prop, 4,200 and a half. So you got to get to 4,200. Oh, one on Cousins. I mean, 
look, the real the reality is the numbers have been bananas throughout his career. The perception. And oftentimes he does it to himself. And you see him kind of getting into it with Zimmer. You see him getting into it with Thielen on the sidelines. So there's there's a lot that comes along with the Cousins package, but the numbers are one of those things. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to argue with his production, really. It really is hard to argue with his production. He does such a good job. Be anxious to see what Ben thinks about what kind of training camp he's having and where this offense is going to go with this offensive line. Oh, by the way, Ben Lieber was the one that reported last week, and he said it's no surprise Cousins and Zimmer didn't get along. Was that pretty well known in the NFL circles yeah. that Zimmer I mean, and yeah, Cousins you, not yeah. not necessarily best of friends? I mean, I, I think Mike probably. I think they probably didn't have a great relationship because you know Cousins wants to throw it. Cousins ate up most of the cap. There was a lot of restrictions placed on that. I'm sure it got frustrating for both guys. Okay, Ben Lieber, former NFL linebacker, including with the Vikings. He lives up in Minnesota. He covers the team. He is going to join us next. He said last week, hey, it's no surprise. Zimmer, Cousins didn't like each other, so maybe a fresh reset with Cousins and O'Connell. We'll get the take straight from Minnesota on a team that, again, you can find them nine over at DraftKings. You can find them nine and a half on the season win total, the Vikings over at BetMGM. Ben Lieber next here, Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher as we welcome you back. Talking Vikings 9 over at DraftKings, 9 and a half at BetMGM, and we're going to be joined by Ben Lieber at Nacho Lieber on Twitter, of course. Ben, former NFL linebacker, Chargers, Vikings and the Rams, host on Twin Cities Live and K-Fan there, local radio in Minnesota. He calls Minnesota home and we say hi to Ben. Hey Ben, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. How you doing, Patrick? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you again. So you said something maybe last week or two weeks ago that, you know, most people knew, but you let us understand that, look, Cousins and Zimmer, not necessarily the best relationship there. Can we start here? What do you think it is about Cousins that is so polarizing? <laughs> Gosh, man, it's a great question because I don't, I don't really know. Well, you know, because if, <laughs> If you don't like a guy that's a little square, is that is that enough to sort of like really dislike somebody? You know, it's like that might be not be a guy that you would. Hey, it's not my first guy on my list to go get a beer with, or nah, I don't I don't think I want to do that with with Kirk just because I don't think he's going to enjoy it, and you know, just he might be just kind of boring. That's one thing, but there seems to be something with his personality that that really irks people like it angers them especially you know you get you get in these little titter, twitter wars with people uh vikings fans and it's like they really really despise him like well is it because he's not that mobile and he's not like the most creative thing like that's one thing is he a little square sure but is that like really something that you really want to hate the guy for i, I don't i don't really know i think now because it's kind of in vogue to kind of hate on him i think it's just become more of a you're kind of a social meme than anything else. Hey, Ben, I want two things I want to ask you. This is Michael Lombardi. Uh, when you were at Kansas State, did you carry around the card of the culture of the program in your pocket everywhere you went? And two, <laughs> does his teammates feel the same way about Kirk Cousins that the media seems or Mike Zimmer felt? 
Um, well, I certainly did not carry around that card. It's funny that you bring that up because I think it's like the 12 pillars of success or something like that, that, that Snyder really preached, I think, more so when, in his second stint there because when I was there, that was never really something that he drove home. It was, you know, there are tenets to which he believed in as far as core values and what we stand for as, as an organization, a locker room, and, and people, but no, it wasn't something like that we had to recite sort of like, like the Pledge of Allegiance or like the Ten Commandments like these guys have to do now. But, uh, you, know, you know, it it certainly works, you know, like those guys really buy in. Um, and what, sorry, what was the second part of the question about this? Well, I want to know, you know, like when a quarter, like to me, Carson Wentz has problems with his teammates. You could see that. Does Kirk have problems with his teammates? Forget about anybody outside the building. How is he in the building? You know, I think he's fine. You know, I don't, I don't think that, um, yeah, I, I don't think that as far as personality goes that he really clashes with people. Do I, do I think that there are times where they want a little bit more sort of fire from him? I think what guys get a little bit frustrated with is they know that he's an excellent passer. They know that he knows the playbook is going to be uh, like a second offensive coordinator, a second head coach on the field. It's not a matter of that. I think there are times where, Guys just really want to see it in his eyes in the huddle. And, all right, big moments. Jump on my back. I'm going to ride you to the promised land. And it, sometimes it doesn't – it seems like that's not part of his mechanism, you know. And I think that that sort of methodic, robotic sort of approach to the game is kind of what frustrates players. I don't think anybody dislikes him from a personality standpoint. I think they grow a little frustrated sometimes that – he is a little mechanical, you know, it's like, okay, it's, it's crunch time in the game. Maybe, maybe find a different level of play and a different level of energy, but you know, he's this Mr. Consistent. Ben Lieber joining us here, Lombardi line. He's the best when it comes to talking Vikings, a K fan there in Minneapolis. Okay. The defense, if I'm betting over nine, nine and a half wins, I need this defense to get better. Will they be better this year? Yes. A hundred percent. Um, that is, that is the one bright spot that I think is already being talked about in training camp, that there's a different vibe on defense. I think there's a, a, different, a different air of confidence about this defense. They know that it can be frustrating and confusing for other offenses. Kirk's even talked about it even through OTAs and minicamp, that, hey, this is, you know, with this kind of two-safety rock-and-roll system, um, this disguise, the disguise system just from the safeties alone is enough to drive – quarterbacks crazy and then you throw in you know two really good outside bookend rush guys um with, with Zedarius and Daniil and then you know you hope you have a pretty stout product of the three guys with their hands on the ground this is going to be a formidable defense if anything else it's going to make a lot of teams early on in the first third and first quarter of the season really second guess on sort of what looks that you're going to see and so if you pair that up and marry that up with an offense that I think is going to be at least at minimum a, a top 10 offense, a number 10 offense, and I think it's going to be even better than that. If you have confusion with the defense in the first quarter of the season and you have an offense that I think is going to hit the ground running, to me they're going to start off hot. And as you guys know, if you get on rolls here and there in the season and you kind of ride those things out, you know it could be a big year for the Vikes. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I think, look, the guy, the guy, one thing we say about Cousins, he don't turn the ball over. He protects it as well as Aaron Rodgers in Green mm-hmm. Bay, number one in the league in the least amount of interceptions in terms of the team. So, you know, they're not going to make mistakes on offense, and if the defense is better, there's improvement. But my question for you, Ben, is is the offensive line improved? Is da- Darishaw going to be the guy to be the legitimate left tackle? Is Bradbury going to be the center? What's going to happen with that offensive line? Well, Darisaw, I don't worry about at all. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, I don't worry about at all. You know, they still have to figure out what's going on at right guard. Um, and certainly O'Neal at right tackle is one of the best in the league. So, yeah, there are true, two true question marks with the center, with Bradbury, who's had, you know, it depends on who you talk to. He's had a little bit of a rough camp, a little shaky camp, because once again, he just has a hard time finding an anchor against the vertical bull rush. And I think that they're going to, they feel pretty comfortable with giving him help when it comes to twists and you know some of those uh those a gap pressures on the left and right side it's just right over the middle he can he tends to get pushback and it's starting to show already in camp so i don't you know you probably understand this better than me that that it's it's hard for guys to just develop an anchor it's not like hey man um tomorrow let's go out and practice and work on your anchor it's like (laughs) <laughs> that takes a lot of time. No. Sometimes it's just uh, it's a physical thing. Sometimes he just doesn't have enough. He doesn't have enough caboose. You know, like he yeah. got, he's got to have well, a, a bigger butt and bigger hips. Well, what happens, Patrick? You know, when you can't anchor, everybody's a good pass rusher against you because they just start right. pushing you around. You know, so now guys that really don't aren't known to be great pass rushers, you know, are all of a sudden they're pushing you back. I mean, Tomlinson probably walks him back in the quarterback every single play. You know, it's because that's what yeah. happens. If you can't handle power as an offensive lineman, your time in the league is going to be limited. Yep. You're a good yeah. read, Ben, on people. Yeah. What, what has been your early read on Kevin O'Connell? Because, you know, Shanahan tree, but we don't know a ton about him. Well, from everything that that you see and you hear, you just you love his approach as as far as being a consistently calm. You know, I think that's one of the things that after eight years of Mike Zimmer, you know, he could be really good and just chill, and he could be affable and he could joke around with the players. But then it, it the needle started to move towards more grumpy, erratic. Um, you know, more pissed off on a, on a more consistent basis. And, and then all of a sudden you start developing eggshells around there. And it's just a really tough vibe to win and, and play free and play loose. And, that, and that's what you want guys to do. And all we've heard the whole offseason with Kevin is he's allowing these guys to show personality, uh, play loose, don't worry about making mistakes. They know that mistakes are going to happen. You hope that you have the, the coaching staff to correct those mistakes. You hope that, that Quasey is going to end up after a couple of years start finding the type of players that can, that can learn from their, most, their mistakes and be smart players. And so um, I think the bud is there. I mean, everybody's waiting for this thing to sprout. We, we won't really know until we get in the regular season. And truthfully, we're not really going to know until they hit some adversity. You know, how's, how's Kevin going to react if they lose two or three games in a row? And, and, and how they do lose, how's he going to react to that? Um, no doubt I think he's going to – He's going to be a breath of fresh air for this organization, but we got to see how it goes. Okay, Ben, listen, that was awesome information. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate you, Ben. On Twitter. We're going to talk to you during the regular season. Appreciate you, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah, man.
Yeah, thank you guys. Enjoy, and uh, we'll be talking soon. Yeah, thank you. He, Michael, he does a great job. He's there yep. covering the team constantly. For K-Fan, as you know, with your boy Paul Allen up there in Minnesota. Love my man it's Paul a- Allen. Yeah, doing those ponies over there at the track there. You know, <laughs> listening to Hall and Oates on his way over there. I mean, you can't beat the man. You just can't beat him. Look, I think that's great. If you're betting, uh, to me, if you had an inclination to go on the over bet with the Vikings, I think Ben would have nudged you over because what I thought – is kind of what what he said. I kind of get the sense they're a little bit better than people think they are. Well, I just needed to hear that confidence in the defense getting better. And he said absolutely 100%. We know the offense is going to be fine, Michael. We'll continue with this and also get to the Colts next here, Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. We tell you about this. It's just like your credit card. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can convert those points into BetMGM points. And of course, Use them for a hotel, you know, go see a show. It's awesome. BetMGM Rewards is the sports betting leading loyalty premier program. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line on a Monday. Hope you had a nice weekend. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Ben Lieber talking the Vikings. Residually, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. You were laughing when he was talking about the base with the linemen. You got to have a caboose. Um, trying yeah. to think if there was anything else coming out of that that stuck with you. Well, I, I think, you know, what he told us was that, you know, there was consternation between, uh, you know, Zimmer and, and we know that that cloud's been lifted. And I think that, you know, let's face it, the one thing that bothers me about Kirk Cousins, is he doesn't have the he doesn't have that look in his eye when he's got to make a play like, OK, like, let's get this going. We got we got to come back, although he had four come from behind game winning drives last year. So give him credit on that. Look, he's going to make a lot of good decisions. And I think Kevin Connell is going to run this offense effectively. I was encouraged by Ben's analysis of the offensive line. Feels really good about the tackles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the skill players are going to be there for them. So and if the defense gives them anything. If the defense gives them anything, I think they've got a chance to go over that total. I really do, and 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 we'll see. You know, I mean, that that the division isn't exactly like there'll be always. There's going to be hard games, right? We know that there's going to be hard games, and you've got to be able to. But you know, they've got to find a way to win those close games. I mean, last year they missed four extra points, which hurt them. I mean, you know, they hurt them. Greg Joseph missed four extra points, and he missed five field goals. And when you're playing in a dome, missing five field goals a lot. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, to close out today, I I brought this up because I know it's a team you're big on, and right now looking at DraftKings, the Colts' uh, win total set at 10, uh, a little juice to the under at $1.15. I brought it up because they signed Stephon Gilmore, Michael, and that is your 2019 Defensive Player of the Year, although over the past two seasons he's played in – you know, what, just 19 games with injuries Mm -hmm. as he gets a little bit older. But I bring him up because Frank Reich said in practice he's really changed the tenor and kind of the overall vibe and what he's doing defensively. In fact, he had a pick six and seven-on-sevens against uh, Matt Ryan yesterday. Gilmore there, Matt Ryan, the most notable addition. This is a team you're very high on. 
You know, I, I, for a couple reasons. You know, I, I think the maturity level of Matt Ryan is going to set the tone and replace a guy that really wasn't well-liked in the building. And I think Matt Ryan will throw the football more effectively. You know, last year, the one thing Wentz did a good job of, he protected the ball. They were only fourth in the league in interceptions. So he'll do a good job in that area. We know they're going to run the football. We know they're going to run the ball. Right. So the and they're, they're going to do a good job of protecting the ball. They just need to be able to stop teams when they have to. Last year, for all the talk about defense and they turned the ball over, they ranked 23rd in the National Football League, Patrick, in drives mm-hmm. resulting in touchdowns. 23rd. That's that's really not a good when you when you only. But now they turned it over. If you didn't turn it over against them and you protected the ball. You know, you had a pretty good chance to win the game. So, to me, I, I think Ryan has that. Gilmore's going to give them a chance to play a little bit more man-to-man. They've got to mm-hmm. play some man-to-man. They've got to be able to get off the field. They can't be high school drop. They were 19th in the National Football League in third down. They were 25th in red zone defense last year. If they improve in those two areas and Matt Ryan gives them leadership at quarterback, I think they're going to win 11 games. Okay. And I want to be very clear about something, and don't let me speak for you, so interrupt me. Ibraflus getting the head coaching job with the Bears, that, that's not tied into what happened last year defensively for the Colts, meaning he could go on and be a great head coach. That doesn't mean he didn't have holes with this defense last year as a defensive coordinator. Fair? Look, look Mike Vrabel was not a great defensive coordinator at the Houston Texans. That, look at his numbers. Look at his numbers. And he's been a very good head coach at the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. but sometimes, you know, now what I, I have a concern about with Eberflus is his scheme, his high schoolish scheme. It's too generic. It's too easy for people to attack. It relies on turnovers. And boy, did they create turnovers. They were the number one team in the league, the number two team in the league in creating turnovers last year. They were really good. But though, when he goes to Chicago, he's playing outdoors, not in a dome. He's playing on grass, not on turf. He's not as fast in defense as he was in Indy. It's a lot of holes. Then he didn't play well in the red zone. So to me, that's where I would get concerned. But let's make no mistake about it. that This Colt team has got good defensive front. And if they can get some production out of that, and, and John Fox helps them with their red zone defense, which wasn't good last year, and, and Gus Bradley improves where he was last year as a defensive coach, trying to adapt some things like Dan Quinn did in Dallas. They have a better chance. I mean, three levels on defense, if you think about it, studs. Buckner, Leonard, and then even Kenny Moore, who's a ball-hawking safety. Like, there are, they've got guys one, two, three on those levels that you can play with here. No doubt. And look, let's face it. They won nine games last year. They lost two overtime games. They lost two overtime games. If those flip the other way, they have 11 wins or in the playoffs. And that's what losing to Jacksonville in the last game of the year, which they should have never happened. Think about that. They lose at home to the Raiders. They go down there. They lost two games at the end of the year. Those two overtime games could have easily flipped. Carson Wentz became the left-handed thrower in that one game against Tennessee. And Baltimore, they had the big lead, let Baltimore come back into the game. I mean, you know, they gained 513 yards on Baltimore in that game. The problem was Baltimore gained 523 yards on them in that game. So, you know, those are the two games that as you look at your schedule and say, you know, this is what cost us. We lost twice to Tennessee, both close games, both three, both close, one in overtime, you know, and, and we weren't able to, to, we weren't, we were not able to win those close games like we had to lose the second game of the year to the Rams, lose the first game of the year to Seattle at home. We start out at 0-2 at home, you know, we lose those games. You can't do that. You got two home games to start the season. 
By the way, Michael, you think Matt Ryan, who excels in the play-action passing game, you think he's going to like having Jonathan Taylor, who rushed for 18-11 last year, 1,811 yards, 18 touchdowns, and by the way, 360 through the air. You add an offensive line, which Ryan hasn't had in years in Atlanta. It's going to be like a vacation for him. Oh, it's going to be the best thing. His body's going to feel better. You know, this will be the best offensive coach that he's had in terms of offensive line running back since Kyle Shannon had left him when he was in 2016. That's the kind of year. Now, look, you could say Ryan's lost. I don't think he has. I think he'll throw the football effectively. I think he'll make a lot of plays. Do they have a number one receiver? No, but I think what we've learned through the years is maybe Pittman becomes better. They got to get Paris Campbell to make some plays. You know, I think, you know, there's no doubt they can improve their football team. There's no doubt they've got to get their skill guys to take a giant step, but they have enough skill. I I really do believe that. I think Reich does a good job. I would be really surprised if Reich didn't really have a get a good season out out of Matt Ryan. Don't expect Houston. You don't expect Jacksonville to be quite ready to contend. Obviously, the Titans are going to be competitive. But you see BetMGM has the Colts set at 10.5. I got DraftKings at 10. You're looking at 11 wins. Uh, I'm in on this team, Michael. I think the change is going to be good at quarterback. I think it's going to be good. And I think, look, you know, the other guy we didn't talk Ali Cox, I think he'll be a good player. The question mark they have offensively, we'll need to watch this, is, is, are, is Matt Pryor the left tackle? Can he hold up? Can he hold up at left tackle? And if he does that, you know, I think they will. The other thing they've got to do is they've got to get my man in Dockway. They've got to be able to get him to play with power and rush down the middle and not run up the field. If they can control his rush with Pay on the other side and Buckner inside, they'll be good. It's almost like we talked with Minnesota about vibes, vibes being better with O'Connell in there. Yeah. I hate to do this to Carson Wentz, but vibes being better without him there. Like, you see what and I'm no saying? Doubt. And then you get a region. Oh, yeah, the clouds it's weird lifted. how that happens. I mean, you know, it's probably what happens with people don't understand. You When you go to work every day and the vibe at work isn't good, it affects you. It affects you whether you are in any profession. You know, and, and when the vibe in that building isn't good, like in Minnesota, that vibe probably wasn't very good. You know, Zimmer was mad at, 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 at Cousins taking all the money, didn't have cap room, felt like his defense got cheated. When the vibe's not good, it rubs off on people. It really becomes hard. That's why culture's so important. That's what matters the most is the culture, is how is everybody handling it? Is everybody working towards one ultimate goal? I wake up. I get to learn about football from you and talk gambling. That's good vibes for me, bro. Yeah, I, uh, you, and you get, you're getting tips from Thomas Gable on, on who to bet. I mean, who not? And Jack. And the, and, yeah, that's right. He was tipping me Del Moore plays over the weekend, which he actually I mean, nailed, why not? which is great to see. Hey, I, I'm an aggregator. I take the information and I make some cash off it. Why not? We, Michael, we, that's what enjoy we try a couple to do. of days. Thank you, and, Patrick. And get that see article soon. written. Okay, I will. Michael, I'll, I'll work on it this afternoon, I promise you. Uh, <laughs> hey, don't stop. Why would you stop working after work? Uh, VEASAN.com. You can check out the articles there. Of course, GM Shuffle, the podcast, VEASAN.com slash podcast. And as you know, Gridiron Genius is out. Uh, we'll check you out on Thursday. Coming up next, next odds on right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 